Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I am currently on vacation until July 29th. So what I did was I pre-recorded a bunch of great interviews and fantastic conversation with so many wonderful guests. You will continue to see them posted over the duration of when I am away. So I can't thank you enough for still tuning in. And real quickly, before we dive into it, if you are new to the channel, make sure you hit that subscribe button and that thumbs up button as well. It goes a long way. And secondly, if you are looking to buy tickets for any event out there, if you are a new user to SeatGeek, you get $20 off of your purchase by utilizing the promo code BRODES. That's $20 off of your tickets. It eliminates those fees. It's a no-brainer. Thank you all so much and enjoy the show. Broads Media. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Schmoozed. I am joined again by Anthony Sanfilippo, Crossing Broad. Phenomenal job covering the Flyers. What's up, Ant? Hey, not much, Broads. How are you, bud? Oh, you know, living the dream. Living the dream. I was definitely way more intrigued by the Flyers about two weeks ago compared to where I am now. I'm just pissed off, honestly. I, I don't even know how to wrap my head around what happened during the early stages of free agency. There's no way you could convince me that Delorier for that type of contract is worth it. There's no way you can tell me Chuck Fletcher stating that they added to the blue line by bringing back Justin Braun. You didn't add to it if you're bringing back another piece that was already here last year. So I don't know, man. Me and you, we talk a lot. We normally feel better than most about maybe a turnaround, but we're, we're joining the gang here, aren't we? Yeah, we are a little bit. I mean, I, I can't, I, you know, the thing of it is, is I can't find one person who's happy. Like, if I can find one person who's like, oh, well, they're still going to be okay. They're going to be good. Like, this is an okay, this is a good thing that, that they didn't blow all their all their money on the, uh, on Goudreau and then be stuck for, you know, with um, salary cap problems for the next eight years. Like, nope, nobody's saying that. Like, if somebody was saying that, Maybe I can listen to it and you can give me a rational explanation. Like, ah, okay, I can kind of see that. But when, when, and I've never seen a fan base ever 100% in agreement with each other, ever. 
and with the, and they are all in agreement right now that this is a this is a this is a mess. This is a disaster. I, I don't know how else to look at it. I really don't. People keep asking me like, "What are they doing?" I say, "I don't know. I don't know what they're doing." And you know, the thing of it is, like, there's so many people in there who would who would you know leading up to you know free agency and everything. Like, here's what we're thinking about. Here's what we're doing. Blah blah blah. blah. You know, and we talk off record and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, it just stopped. And like everybody was like, "What?" what? And even the, even the people who are our sources come to us and say, "We don't know what the hell's going on." <laughs> like, what do you mean you don't know what the hell's going on? You've been great, a great source for years. Now all of a sudden, you don't know what the hell's going on. Like, it's it's wild to me right now. I don't know what I don't know how to explain it. Now I'm right there with you. Dave Scott told us at the end of last year that they were going to have the aggressive retool. And I was one of few that said, okay, okay, I I, I don't want to blow it up. I don't want to be the Chicago Blackhawks. I want an aggressive retool. So you go out and you land a Tony D'Angelo. And okay, I mean, maybe that says a lot about where Ryan Ellis is and all. And and okay, and I'm sure maybe we'll touch on that in a little bit. But adding a Tony D'Angelo who can help out this power play. And maybe, maybe they end up being like the Rangers. You can't score five on five but they can actually produce on the paper give me that any day of the week the rangers had a nice run whatever the case may be but you bring in tony dane it's like okay you know you you, you do that if you added a Goudreau to Tony D, that's an aggressive retool. When you bring in DeLaurier for four years, that's a disaster. How can you make that deal? I, I don't know how. That deal itself, it doesn't matter if you made nine million deals that were great in a row. That deal itself is fireable. This guy's a goon and he sucks. Yeah, he's terrible. He's worst offensive player in hockey. Worst offensive player in hockey. And he's here for four years. Or at least two. He's got no. They gave him a no movement no, clause. I was just gonna say that. You get, they get every day. You get something worse and worse about this deal. I'm, you know what? Tomorrow we might hear that it's a ten-year deal. <laughs> that he's got some kind of crazy ass signing bonus for July one next year. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? Right? Who knows what it's gonna be? No, it doesn't make any sense, bro. It makes no sense at all. And the thing of it was, it was like it was it was moving along in that general direction, right? The trade for D'Angelo, they gave up three draft picks for him. Okay, three draft picks. Now, granted, it's one over one each year over the course of the next three years, so it's not like it's a bulk, you know, a bulk. I was, I was okay with it based off of what other assets they had in each of those years. Correct, and exactly, it's exactly how you if you break it down and look at the other assets in those years, it was okay. I mean, maybe a slight overpay, but not a not a major one. Okay, but at least you look at it and say, okay, they're giving up three pieces of the future for a player to help right now. Then you buy out Oscar Lindblom. There's $3.33 million that's going to help right now. Okay, we're, we're on our way. Like, this is the path towards the aggressive retool. And then it was just, oh, yeah, yeah, we weren't going to plan them. We weren't doing anything. We, we were never in on Goudreau. This is what we always wanted to do. We always wanted to bring back Justin Braun and sign Nick Delorier. That was what we wanted to do. How how can you say you weren't in? See, the thing is, they're trying to make it seem they weren't in on him because they didn't get him. But do you are they so unaware on how stupid it is to say that you're not involved in one of the biggest free agents who is begging to be in this city? Like, isn't that worse than saying I wanted him but I failed and couldn't get him? Like, I, I, honestly, wouldn't you rather say I screwed up and I, I wish we got him but I could? Doesn't that look better than saying so, you're not in on a guy? You're right, and I. And I think what Chuck's doing is he, I think he over is being a little bit overprotective of himself in the sense that you don't want to, you, you know, you don't want to talk about a player that's not your player. And I think that he knew 
at the time of that press conference that that even though it hadn't been announced yet that Johnny was signing with Columbus. So I think that Chuck probably knew that at that point. The fact of the matter is, though, is like all you had to say, you didn't even have to say anything about that particular player. You didn't have to say anything. You didn't have to mention Johnny's name. All you had to say was, listen, we were really adamant about trying to get into, you know, involved in one of those big, big name players that are, that were out there. One of the top end guys, we couldn't get the contract. We couldn't get a contract moved off of our books. We couldn't get the, the salary, enough salary cap space. And it just didn't work out for us. So we had a, we had a pivot to what our backup plan was. And our backup plan was to do what we did. That's all you had to say. And at least you were honest about it. People may not be happy, but at least you say, okay, well, at least he told us the truth. Now, by saying you weren't in on it at all, come on. You know us. You know they were in on it. I know they were in on it. The people we talked to, we know. We know what was being talked about. We know what was discussed. And now there's rumors coming out that there's going to be mentioned that people are going to be, there's going to be accusations of tampering coming out in the NHL and this and that and everything else because, oh, people are talking before the deadline. Come on, guys. Like, this has been going on for years. See, we know this has been going on. We know that GMs talk to agents who talk to their players, whatever, blah, blah, blah. There had to be a conversation between Lewis Gross and Chuck Fletcher prior to July 13th. There had to be. And if there wasn't, then Chuck Fletcher should not have a job on July 13th. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. There had to be a conversation. So you had to be in on it. All right, so many ways we could go here. <laughs> I guess I'm trying to process it because part of me wants to go to Brinkett. How about that with JVR? If you could have moved JVR, and I know – maybe it wasn't the 2024 Florida. If it was the 2023, would you have said no because of that hefty deal? I uh, See, the thing is, with where you currently are, and I know it's easier said than done because we're living in the moment right now. We have a lot of bottled up frustration because of what they didn't do. But I'd rather swing and miss being so aggressive where, and here's the thing, I'm saying hypothetically, if the Johnny Gaudreau, move failed and me saying failed he's still gonna be a good like at worst he's a good player at worst right, he's a right. good player right like are you debating if you're gonna get an elite elite player more times than not compared to a good player? how bad can it be if you signed him for seven years it can't be that atrocious so i'd rather swing and miss by giving up some assets and acquiring him to get some life back into this fan base compared to signing delorier and bringing back justin braun and clearly they don't see it that way but is that 2023 too much of value to to make the decision in your eyes. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I'll tell you what. I mean, it did it did make me pause for a second, right? It did make me pause because we you know we look at that we hear everything we hear about this twenty three draft is how generational a draft it is. Well, you better be- get someone who's damn fucking good. I, I yeah. mean, if you're gonna like here, like this kid better be Suck elite. Hard elite. from the guard, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on. So, wait, what's that? Suck what? hard for Bedard. You want Connor Bedard, right? Yeah. I thought you said McCard. I'm like, did people make that one before and I didn't hear that? That's amazing. No, uh, no. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think about it as, you know, I think about it a second. But even then, I sit there and say, what are the odds? And I say this in anybody who says that they want to tank in any in basketball football or whatever well, football you can't really tank i mean you don't really tank in football but uh, basketball and, and, and hockey and i say even if with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're putting yourself in a position to potentially get that first overall pick. It's still a lottery and it's still a percentage chance. And your percentage chance is less than 50. Less than 40 in a lot of instances. Sometimes it's like 20. 23, whatever it is. They always change the the rules, but it's always around 25% for the the worst team. So not only do you have to be the worst team, but then once once you are the worst team, then you only have a 25% chance of hitting that lottery. Why is that a better angle to go than to take the sure thing now? Like, I don't understand. It just never, it doesn't resonate with me, bros. I I don't get it. And so, yeah, even after I would pause for a second and think about it, then I would still give away that first round pick in 23. I would to get Johnny. I absolutely would because you know you're going to get a player who is guaranteed, guaranteed offense for your team as opposed to cross our fingers that we're the worst team and we get that pick. I'm right there with you. How about to break it? How about this this a young talented kid who can put up 40 goals twice so far in his young career? I mean, in what world are we sitting here? Is it an aggressive retool or is it a rebuild? What is the message the only, and what is the answer here? The only the only thing I will give them a pass on on the brink he's, is he's going to run away. Is the, the 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 agent basically came out and said we're look we're not looking to sign an extension. We're not. We're going to play, and then we're going to and then we're going to test free agency. Now that could change, as you know. A guy comes into a new city; he's never played there before. Falls in love with it, loves the place. Like this is awesome. This is where I always want to be. And then he'll sign, and you know, you take that risk. It's two years away, so you have two years to kind of mold Philadelphia for Alex DeBrinket. So you could make that. I mean, it's a gamble, but you could make that gamble. But I, but at least I can sit there and say all right, you don't want to give up the fifth overall pick where you have a player that you really kind of like. And we've talked about Cutter Gauthier. Like, there's there's a lot to like about this pick that the Flyers made. It was actually a pretty good pick. Um, so maybe you sit there and go, we know we what we have. We have something there that is going to be ours for a while. Do we want to give that up and cross our fingers that Alex Debrinkit wants to stay here? Again, you could get you could get crazy, right? If you can sit there and say, screw it. Give up the fifth pick and get the Brinkett. Screw it. Give up the first round pick. Move JVR's contract and get <laughs> and get Johnny Gaudreau. Like you can do all that stuff. You can just balls to the wall, man, and just go get it. So I mean, it's possible. But here's the thing I want to say about about moving JVR's contract because I don't believe. I honestly don't believe that every team was was unwilling to come off of the 2023 first round pick. Let's look at Anaheim. Anaheim 
is so far below the salary floor, not the cap, the floor. They need to fill, what is it? I think it's like $18 million to get to the floor. You give them JVR, that gives them seven. But here's the part about it that's a bonus for Anaheim. JVR gets a $1 million bonus on July 1st. The Flyers already paid it. The final year of JVR's contract is only only $4 million. So Anaheim only would have to pay $4 million for one year for a player to get them $7 million closer to the floor. Are they really going to sit there and go, yeah, you know what? We ain't doing it unless you give us the first-round pick next year. <laughs> no, they need to do it. They need to do it. They'll, they'll do it for less. Like, the, I don't the old, I'm, I'm following it completely on how obnoxious that is. I guess here's my ridiculous counterpoint that is making me, I don't know, my head's exploding right now internally. It, it would be, are they ran like Chuck Fletcher's run? Like, there's horrendous general managers out there. We yeah. see it as obviously, like, that's a logical thing that you're bringing up. Yeah. But because we're now experiencing what it's like to be under a Chuck Fletcher regime, how many Chuck Fletcher regimes are out there in the NHL where Anaheim is dealing with something similar, which is they have no idea what they're doing. So a team like Anaheim doesn't even see what you're laying out, which is an obvious thing to see. Yeah. Unless that's me just being like, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm just looking at both sides here. No, you, you, you might be right. You might be right. And it could be it could be that. General managers don't want to let competition off the hook so easily. And they look at it and they, we know what Chuck's trying to do. If Chuck's trying to, you know, dump salary so that he could go and better his team by doing it, by signing a, a but star you now, player. You're, you're right, but you're almost giving Anaheim too much credit for what I brought. I'm almost saying they're just as dumb as Chuck, so they're just <laughs> unaware and stupid. But that's all. If we're going to look at every angle here, I'm just saying, right? Like, yeah, yeah, here's, exactly. an, here's another angle. Hey, there's multiple prism. different. Yeah, it's there's a prism. Multiple different levels. Here's reality, though. This is what we know. Chuck Fletcher ain't going to be here long. So at what point is it let's move on? Because let's be realistic. The writing is on the ro- on the wall. So why give him the power? Even though I don't mind bringing in Tony when we hear the news about Ryan Ellis and the skepticism of them all. Uh, but why even give him the power to move some of these future picks if he ain't going to be here? I would, move, I would fire him. I would have fired him already. I mean, I mean he, you screw up this bad take the wrong path this is the one thing they could not do and they did okay this is the one thing they could not do and they did so to me you should fire the guy but here's the thing i get the sense that the team or that the hockey ops has convinced dave scott let's see how the season begins because you you said something very important early on in this in this uh, interview when you talked about maybe they could be like the rangers and be a power play specialist team, doesn't score at five-on-five, five, is not really that great at five-on-five, five, but because you're playing towards the system with a solid defense, right? I mean, the defensive core is not bad, and Carter behind him, and, and Torts always protects his goalies. That's his. That's his, the way his system works, is to protect goaltenders. Then maybe they get off to a okay start, an okay start. Not saying they're going to come run out and be in first place in the Metropolitan Division. They're not, okay? But maybe they come out and they're like, you know what? Here's a team that looks a lot better than it looked at the end of last year. People are – now you see people are healthy. They got some players. Okay, see, this is working. You don't need to fire Chuck just yet. Maybe. I'm trying to come up with a solution as to why he's still here. I don't think he makes it past New Year. I, I just don't. I can't see it. But 
I understand why, or I think I understand why they're not making the move right now. It's just wild to me that I, I know that when you get in the moment, it's easier to react to what's happening and you think it's the worst ever because, well, you're experiencing it right now. I don't remember a worse point in Flyers history than this. And we can go back to the early 2000, mid-2000s, I guess. And I think we even touched on this together. We were trying to be optimistic that when they were bad in the mid-2000s, they responded with a great season and all. But, uh, And I've said that before. I, I have. I don't remember it ever getting to the point of paper brown bags on Twitter pictures blowing up as much as it did. The flyer skate zone in Voorhees having the signs. Uh, this is terrible. This is absolutely terrible. And at some point, while I don't want you to think like a fan because you'll be in the stands like a fan type of mentality, uh, you, you got to get a better pulse right now. And I don't know. Do they? You know more than me inside. No, I, do I, they know? Uh, here's the thing. It is the worst. I mean, look, I got a little. I have, I have a little bit of age on you, just a little bit, not much. All right. I feel <laughs> old. I'll be honest with you. I got my first <laughs> massage today. By the way, the woman who massaged me went, "Holy hell! I've never seen such a tense individual." <laughs> now it was after wedding day. A lot of emotions going on. Yeah. Wasn't easy standing up there when everyone's looking at it. The amount of prop bets in the in the stands, I call it, even though they're pews, and that's probably horrendous, and I might be going to hell. Um, <laughs> Prop bets on if I was going to cry or not. Minus 300 plus. The amount of te- my, I, I, I feel my phone vibrating while I'm standing up there from all my friends in the pews. It's ridiculous. But anyway, continue. I don't even know where we're at. <laughs> I have no idea what just happened. That's all good. It's all yeah. good. No, no the point is, is that the three other times, I got a little bit of, a little bit of uh, time on hey, you. That's right. That's where we were. Go yeah, ahead. That's where we were. And I can tell you, this is the worst it's ever been for the Philadelphia Flyers. It's never, they've never been this low. And I mean that not necessarily in talent, but in the fact that the interest in this city, the, well, I mean, that there's the, the hardcore fan base is pissed off beyond belief, and they're all 100% together in that anger. The casual fan doesn't care anymore. They are, they've become irrelevant in their own city. And, and this was something that was that was pointed out. I did a, a Twitter space uh, over the weekend, and um, one of the guys who hopped on the Twitter space came on and he said, you know, for, for the longest time, the NHL relied on the Flyers to be like a go-to for the national game. You know, they, they well, let's always put the Flyers and the Rangers on or Flyers Penguins, Flyers Capitals, always put the Flyers on. Um, uh, or that, you know, they always thought of the Flyers as, the other team that's not the original, like an original six team that's not an original six. And the, the league would always lean on the Flyers. But now after just having record-setting revenue this past year and attendance numbers going up in most cities and the Flyers plummeting down to the middle of the pack in that category, maybe they look at it and go, eh, we don't need the Flyers. We don't need the Flyers. And now the Flyers who have a national profile or have always had a national profile, maybe they start to lose that. Now that, you know, they're not, no longer a national profile team. So now you don't have that following nationally or internationally, as it were, with Canada as well. They're, people in the casual fan in Philadelphia doesn't care anymore. And the, and, the, and the hardcore fans are so apathetic and so pissed off. They're like, we're not going to show up and we're not giving you our money until you fix this. You're going to have empty arenas. 
If they average 10,000, and I say butts and seats, I don't want them because they always fudge the number, bros. You know this, okay? I mean, you know that the number that they announce for the attendance is not the fucking attendance. It's just not, okay? The number is a drop count. And that's if you can, and it's very hard to get the drop count. It's a very secretive number, okay? You have to know people who, who are, you know, who won't, who are willing to give this to you and put their jobs on the line to tell it to you publicly. But the drop count is the number of people who actually walk through the turnstile. If their drop count averages 10,000 a game, they should be thrilled because I don't think it gets that high. Uh, once again, head spinning. I, I guess for me, I wonder, and maybe this is something personally that I do that's wrong, but when you talk about the logo and the national attention and the way that you know you see the Flyers jerseys and you think of NBC Sports when it was on NBC, uh, maybe it's a, a, a Channel 10 game or something along those lines with Doc Emmerich's on the call, whatever, a bigger moment. When I see the Red Wings, whether they suck or they don't suck, I have a connection with that logo that no matter if it's bad, Dylan Larkin and that's it or whatever it is, I still watch because their logo means something to me. And maybe that's flawed. Maybe I'm an outlier compared to the norm. But is it possible that how I feel about the Red Wings is how others feel about the Flyers, where nationally it won't matter how bad they are because it is a big market and it is a logo that does hold some weight in the large scheme of things. Well, it's possible still. I mean, I still think it's possible. But it Do you was feel the same way, by the way, when you see a Red Wings logo? Uh, right, well, uh, Boston's, I think, is the one that really – the spoke the spoked wheel of the B. Yeah, but the they're always kinda... good. Well, now <laughs> they weren't when I was your age. <laughs> I got, but my whole life, they've been I'm not my whole life, but you get my point. I'm trying yeah. to bring up a team that but I guess you're right. Yeah. When they stunk in your lifetime, it's just been so long since that's really been the case. Playoffs every year when I was your age, I mean, you're, it was, it was like, you're, you're always good. You're right. You're right. And this now we're experiencing. Yeah. Horrendous. But I think you get my point here. It's yes, late. I do. We're doing I do. this I do. late. We're doing do. this late. I do. We're doing this point. late. No, but I mean, I, no, I do get it. I'm worried I'm I, going to hell for my last comment, so go ahead. <laughs> no, but it's, all, it's all good. But the thing of it is, is that um, I, I look at it and I say, maybe, I mean, maybe that guy was onto something. No, I'm not going to say the, the NHL is going to completely shut the Flyers out, right? I mean, obviously, it, people say it all the time, the, the league is better when the Flyers are good, right? I mean, it's just, it's just a thing. You want your big markets. You want your your – yeah, uh, iconic teams to, to be good because it helps it helps the league. But at the same time, maybe they're realizing that you don't necessarily need those teams to always be good. Look at I mean, you look at who you know. Tampa Bay has been to the finals three years in a row. They're a marketable team right now in the NHL. Believe it or not, that a team down south, oh my God, can be a marketable team for the north north you know the north sport, the northern sport. So, I mean, you look at it and say, okay, well, you know, Tampa's more marketable than Philadelphia right now. That's okay, you know, as opposed to trying to shove the Flyers down your throat a little bit, even if they weren't good. I mean, how many times – I can take you back, I don't know, the last time ESPN had a contract prior to this one. So what was that, 15 years, right, let's say, 15 years? Uh, you know, they would always try and put on Philly and New York. The Rangers weren't that great. Right. That time they were okay, but they just weren't that great. You know, but the Rangers were always going to Rangers Capitals, Rangers Penguins, Rangers Devils, like Rangers, Rangers, because they want to get New York on and they would put LA on because, all right, well, we got to get that West Coast. And LA sucked. <laughs> it didn't matter, but they were on all the time. So, like, that was what the league was trying to force, force upon you. 
They don't have to do that anymore. And that's a good thing for the league, but that's not necessarily a good thing for the Philadelphia Flyers is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, it's all valid, all valid. I got one more for you as you wrap things up. I never got your actual opinion on Tony D'Angelo being brought in here. And, and let's say there is no Ryan Ellis. So he slotted in next to Provorov. You got Sanheim, you got Ristolainen, you got Cam York, you got Justin Braun. What are your thoughts on that type of 6D member? Real quickly, though, the fact that Chuck Fletcher spoke and he actually brought the name Nick Sealer up with all due respect, what are we doing here? I mean, like you're you you have an image here, and your first off facial expressions, you're rubbing. At one point, he put his hands in between his nose as yeah. if he couldn't take it anymore. That's horrible body language. Yeah. But you really thought it would be great to bring up a name like Nick Sealer, a seventh, eighth D man kind of guy. What are we doing? Let me tell you something that's even worse with Chuck, and I think this is I think this is something that always starts to leak out after a while with him. And I, I've learned it more and more the more I cover this team, the more I try and communicate with people, especially when I try and communicate with him directly. Um, Chuck will always – Chuck has a hard time making a decision by himself. That's great. I'm glad our general manager has a tough time making decisions. By himself. He will, he will make a decision, but he needs everybody's input. And so, like, I'll give you an example. When he's talking about the D'Angelo – trade i mean i asked him that question i said how do you value determine value of your draft picks right what's the valuation why is it okay to give up three draft picks for tony d'angelo but not give up a first round pick for a potential superstar player and he says well ian anderson i look at ian anderson he's our analytics guy and he did this whole thing where he figured out that those three picks were the equivalent of the 39th overall pick and that's what we traded, and we felt that that was worth a worthy pick to trade to get Tony D'Angelo. So he put it on Ian Anderson. He didn't even take it on himself. He put it on somebody else in his front office. That's what I'm saying that drives me nuts about Chuck. It's always like, oh, well, somebody else agreed with this, and this was, so this is what we did. Some, it was somebody else. We talked about it. Like all five, six of us agreed with that, agreed on it. So, of course, you know, that's what we did. Um, and I think that's why he gets frustrated. He's like, oh, I'm so frustrated with, with these questions because – I'm not alone in this. Everybody else agrees. Right. But to answer your question about Tony D'Angelo, I like I like Tony as a player. I think that he's a good player. I think he will vastly improve the power play. I think he will vastly improve um, uh, getting out of the, the offensive zone, that first pass out of the zone or carrying the puck out of their own end. They will play less defense with Tony on the ice. Um, doesn't make him a good defensive defenseman. It just means that he's a good player. Uh, uh, good puck manager, good puck uh, puck possession guy, and so they'll play less defense when he's on the ice. The one thing I'm I'm concerned about is this, Burns. Can he play night in, night out with Ivan Provorov against the top line of the opposition and be successful? My guess is no. I see him more as a top four guy slotted yes. in the second pairing yes. with the power play specialist. I that's how I look at it too. That's yeah. how I look at it, too. And who knows? Maybe something changes. Maybe he ends up being that, and somebody else gets moved into that top pair role. Who knows, right? Well, could, uh, the one thing that came to my mind is, in this new decor, 
Is it possible? Now, maybe I'm going out on a limb here. Provorov bounces back, and maybe him and Risto are a top pairing. Right. And I just don't know if I love two offensive-minded guys together in Sanheim and Tony. I don't know if that makes much sense. But, you know, Risto's size in a structured D-zone, could that work? Now, I mean, I cringe thinking about it, but it's just something I'm throwing at the wall before a season begins. Or, or and Ryan Ellis has said this, and we you, – we didn't talk about this since you started hitting – since you hit record. We talked about it before that. Ellis told the team that he plans on playing at some point this year. Now, it's probably not going to be the beginning of the season. He's not going to be ready for the start of the year. But if he's ready by, let's say, December, and that's just – for shits and giggles, he's healthy, okay, or healthy enough to play. Now you put Ellis with Provorov. You have Risto and, and Sanheim and, and Cam York and Tony. And, and Tony's running the power play, it's a pretty solid top six. It's a pretty solid top six. Again, assuming health. I, I don't know how healthy Ellis is going to be. I mean, it's, his condition's pretty de- – it's degenerative, right? But um, nevertheless, I mean, it's, 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 it's an interesting way of looking at it. I think he will help the team. He's far better than – and this is the thing that drives me nuts. It's like, well, we traded Goss to spare, and now we brought this guy. He's, he's Guys, he's a lot better than Shane Goss' bear. He really is. He's a much better player. So don't you can't even compare the two. But um, from that perspective, I don't know if he's a, if he's a top pair guy. I, I think that he's probably a middle pair guy, and that's ultimately where he would be a best the best fit for this team. Couldn't agree more with you. I hate this team. Thanks for watching, everybody. <laughs> oh, man. Here we are. I have zero. It's one of those things where maybe our our bar is set so low that there's no way it could be any worse than we expected, right? That's sort of where we're heading into it. But we'll see. I'm sure we'll talk soon. Anthony Sanfilippo, phenomenal job crossing broad. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, Broads, anytime, my friend. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.